Welcome to the 194th episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, the weekly quiz cast where two professional quiz masters talk about how to write and host great pub trivia, as well as quizzing each other and our guests on our favorite questions of the week. I'm one half of your hosting team, Quizmaster Lee, and as usual, I'm joined by the one, the only Mark Davis! It's been a while since Ooh, I did the air horn. Yeah, tool-assisted introduction you, there. <laughs> you, you just came on, spitting that hot fire in the intro. Boom! Oh, you yeah. all don't know it, but in the beginning, sometimes we'll just be chatting it up, and then this man will just fire in with a, welcome to the 194th episode. Yeah, With that Howard Dean energy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. How are you? Doing good. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing I'm, all right. I'm excited for another podcast with my buddy, yeah, Mark Davis. Yeah, as we grow ever closer mm-hmm. to the big two double O. Oh, yeah. We still have uh, no plan to do anything special for 200. We should probably talk Mo about that. Mo was doing something, wasn't he? He said he was going to do some fan art okay, uh, based on uh, some ideas of, of great moments from the pod. If anybody Ooh. suggested it, I don't know if he's been quietly working on that or if he, uh, you know, ha- I haven't seen any suggestions in any of our uh, our Discord or anything like that. Be sure Jeez. to join our Discord and uh, Facebook group, by the way, if you want to get into the community. Yeah, let Mo know some stuff so we can hurry, <laughs> hurry work on. Yeah, we're we're in the home stretch here. I, I mean, know. after this one, only uh, one, two, three, five, five, five more after that. So. Uh, let us know your favorite moments. Um, we will pass those on to Mo. Or like I said, if you want to get into the uh, community and our Discord and stuff. there's Hell, uh, I'd be happy to know what your favorite moments are because I can't remember most of them, I'm sure. Yeah. Tell us people, our highlights. Yeah, all these people that are like power listening through like newer listeners and stuff that started with episode one. Jeez, mm-hmm. episode one was so far away from us. From years. years. Years ago. It's been years. Yeah. But very excited to come up on 200, and thanks to everybody who came out again to the 400th quiz mm. at Ollie's last week. Who won that one again? That was uh, that was the Wet Boys. Oh, that was your team. We didn't even really Ooh. talk about that. We just kind of were like, oh yeah, the Wet Boys won. I just let you just go ahead and and go along with it. But yeah, it Big was team. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we had a couple of outliers playing with us. Um, everybody uh, put in their. They're two cents, and we ended up victorious. We didn't win the first and second round, but God damn it, we won the whole shebang. That was good enough for me. It would be interesting to see if uh, that team came together again and again and again, how far you guys could climb. I would like, how high you could climb, I should say. <laughs> how far? Very long. You're climbing horizontally. Climb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything's better than crawling. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, we've got a fantastic quiz lined up for you today on this episode of the No No. Mm, I got some yummy ones. Before we get to that and those tasty, tasty trivia treats, let's go over a weekly wrap up. Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, we had quiz number 401 at Pointy Bell. Our quiz started with Twisted Gecko taking the first round before Shiba Inu Illuminati pulled ahead, maintaining the leads in round two and three and winning our quiz with 113 points while Milk was a bad choice, ended in second place with 110 points, and Team Yikes in third with 106 points. Elise from uh, Team Sheba bemoaning online, the other teams don't even clap for us anymore. They win so frequently. 
Then on Thursday, it was quiz number 402 at Ollie's, which kicked off with Death Stars Are the Best Stars being our first round winners. Round two going to Jennifer Gray's Anatomy. <laughs> Ultimately, it was just the tips who prevailed, ending the quiz with 99 points with Death Stars and Jennifer Gray's Anatomy tying for second place with 65 points apiece. Mark, how did your teams do at Nice Guys Pizza Trivia this week? They did well. We had a uh, tied first round between Meanie Greenie and Skanklin D. Roosevelt. <laughs> I love that. Do you remember the uh, tiebreaker question that you asked? Um, I do. It was, I believe, um, Sex in the City takes place in what city? New York City. Indeed. I always New try to make York it New, City. New York City. You want those to be easy. Boys, get the rope. <laughs> Nothing is more embarrassing than doing a tiebreaker and being like, what's the square root of 532? And people are just being like, yeah, I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to raise my hand. <laughs> so you got to do something where people have to uh, quickly raise their hand. Yep. Uh, Meanie Greenie winning, uh, losing that tiebreaker to Skanklin D. Roosevelt. However, they won the second and third rounds, ultimately Ooh. winning the night. However, Whiskey Tango mm -hmm. sneaking up by them all and winning with 82 points. Ah. They will be here not this coming Wednesday, but the Wednesday after. Mm. So if you... Uh, Still telling people, get that super team together, come yeah. out. And we will be hearing from Lisa from uh, Whiskey Tango in our Rate My Question segment Ooh, yes. this episode. Uh, if you missed our trivia this week and you want to join us, you have a few opportunities to do so. This Wednesday, we're live at Point E. Bell Brewing Company in Fort Myers, Florida for a no-nonsense trivia challenge based on your category requests. Please join us for your opportunity to win some free beer and suggest categories for next week's quiz. That's at Point Ebel Brewing Company. Point on Wednesdays. Ebel at 7:30 p.m. <laughs> Got to make sure you know oh, you yeah, enunciate absolutely. that because we don't want it to be confused with a pointy bell, something that has like a spike on it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, that sounds dangerous. Now this Thursday we're doing a special theme quiz for number 404 at Ollie's Pub in Cape Coral. It's episode or quiz number 404. Oops, all podcast questions. Ooh, that's what we're doing. The entire quiz will feature questions sourced <laughs> from the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast. We hope you can join us. Prizes include gift cards, which can be spent on records, beer, or whatever else you can find for sale at Ollie's Pub in Cape Coral. That's Thursday at 7.30 p.m. And if you are a listener of the podcast, you, are you will certainly have an advantage, I would say. So let me ask you a couple of questions about this. Mm -hmm. The 404 Oops All Podcast, is that a play on 404 Oops? It's an error. An error? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. And is it just about the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast or podcasts in general? No, no, no. They're all questions sourced from this podcast. Oh. Yeah, are you so going to have some of mine in there? We'll see. I can't oh, give you a hint. You know, I mean, just in case you decide you want to <laughs> Well, I come, probably won't remember the answers to my own questions anyway. That so. will be an interesting thing to see. <laughs> Indeed. Is how, if you decide to come out, how well you, are you will perform. Indeed. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be a good time. That's this Thursday at Ollie's Pub in Cape Coral. And of course, every week in Cape Coral, you can play Mark's Trivia on Wednesdays at Nice Guys Pizza or on Zoom starting at 8 p.m. <laughs> and please... Don't forget to follow No Nonsense Trivia on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. And join us on our Discord server to stay updated on all of our podcasts, streams, and events. Join us. Weird.
Well, I just shaved my mustache off, so I got to be able to like your yep. mustache. You shaved off your whole damn beard. That's true, but I think the mustache is the part that hangs over my lip. It would be. It doesn't let the notes come out. You know what I mean? Would be weird if you cut off just your mustache but left the rest of your beard. Looking like Abraham Lincoln, Lincoln going on. Looking yeah. like Moe's from The Office. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I thought about it. Well, you know, it's always did fun. Did you do the different steps of the beard shave? I did a half and half this time. Okay. So I went from one sideburn and then I, you know, went to the middle of my chin and left half of my face beardless, half unbeardless. Did you take pictures? I did not. I've done oh. this so many times that the, you know, the thrill is the gone. The thrill of a picture is gone, <laughs> but kind of cool to just see for a second. Yeah, for you know, sure. Since I'm in here. Um, and something that could be cool for you to kind of see or listen to is our bonus content on Patreon. Oh, are you kidding? Just me? want to mention we got 15% off annual memberships Patreon. It's never been more affordable to support our show and we hope that you do. And uh, like I said, tons of bonus content up there for you to listen to bonus quizzes, deleted moments, as well as a big Lebowski audio commentary track oh, that we recorded man. with Eric. It's a good time. I'd like to do another one of those. I don't know about you. Yeah. It was fun. Are you kidding me? All right. Let's take a break. And then we'll come back with our first round of trivia. Oh, yeah. We're back. Mark, I have a question about fast food for mm. you. Quick yums. What burger chain was founded in 1921 in Wichita, Kansas, and just over 100 years later announced plans in February of this year, 2022, to install robotic French fry cooks at 100 of its locations? What burger chain was founded in 1921 in Wichita, Kansas? And just over 100 years later, announced plans in February 2022 to install robotic French fry cooks at 100 of its locations. Hmm. Well, it's not McDonald's. Wendy's, I think. Maybe Wendy. Burger King is sounding right. It's got to be someone who does fairly well, I think, because putting in, <clears throat> oh, Jesus, excuse me, putting in a hundred robotic fry things sounds like it's going to be pretty expensive. So it's got to be someone who's doing fairly well. I'm pretty sure Whataburger is from Texas, I think. French fries. Could it be White Castle? Could it be Crystal? Burger place. What about, um, what about Five Guys Burgers and Fries? Been around for a hundred years. Yeah, very old. Some would say that it's the oldest fast food chain. But there is some dispute, which we can go into after the question is done. But very, very old. Um, 
I think for the sake of brevity here, name like Burger King, the king of burgers. It's quite a quite talk a about to make. Yeah, tooting your own horn. Yeah, I'm gonna say Burger King. No, <laughs> sorry, not exactly sure uh, when or how Burger King was founded. Wendy's, you might remember, Dave Thomas took his KFC money. That's what I thought, and, and opened up Wendy's. It is indeed a restaurant that you mentioned, White Castle. Oh, it is White Castle. Okay, White Castle. Uh, yes, they were founded in, on September thirteenth, nineteen twenty-one. Now, A and W was first opened on June thirtieth, nineteen nineteen, but as a root beer stand. Right. So that is where the dispute is. Some claim that, you know, White Castle is the oldest pure fast food restaurant. Uh, but you might get some pushback if you were to try and include that as a hint from A&W fans. Mm. Yeah. You're a big Lost fan. I yeah. did a Lost question this past week. So I've got to ask it to you. Okay. In the TV show Lost, name the Mama Cass song that is used throughout the series and is generally tied to Desmond. Well, first I was thinking it was uh, downtown, but that's not Mama Cass, and it, I think it's only downtown. used once. Mm-hmm. Who is that? Is that Leslie Gore? Well, I can't tell you because right. it might be Mama Cass. I don't think it's her, but um, I believe that song is called... Make your own kind of music. I think he puts that on the record player when he is in the uh, uh, the hatch, the, the the Dharma Initiative station, the Swan. I think it's make your own kind of music. That's correct. All right, Petula and, Clark. Oh, the downtown. downtown. Okay, and I'd never heard make your own kind of music before that show. That show introduced that song to me. So, I figured it would be one of those songs that you would, uh, I knew, I figured you'd know it, but a little underhand soft pitch softball for thank you. you. A little something for the lost fans. Something, yeah. Loosen up the trivia <clears throat> muscles a little bit. It's funny. Uh, Tom from, uh, cool comics and games was out on Wednesday playing my nice. trivia and he was one of like two teams that got it. Nice. Indeed. Yeah. He does pretty good. I feel like he would Smart benefit guy? from a slightly larger team. Oh, he absolutely. usually plays solo or just, uh, you know, brings a, a lady friend, mm-hmm. his lady friend with him. Um, a lady friend. I've, well, I'm not sure. Uh, no, no, no. Oh, I don't want to get in trouble here. Whoa. <laughs> I've only seen him recently with one lady friend. Got it. Anyway, <laughs> types of light bulbs. Okay. You know, we do our category requests mm-hmm. and we try to honor yep. different category requests. And then you bring them here for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like I try, to, I try, but I try to write these crazy category requests with general trivia in mind. Right. And also I do try to promote the PIB system in my question when possible. Sometimes it's not called for, but named for group 17 on the periodic table, which contains elements such as bromine and iodine. What type of light bulb contains a small amount of inert gas and is known to run at a higher temperature than others? Got a hot bulb. Whew. Named for group 17 on the periodic table, which contains elements such as bromine and iodine. Is it bromine? I don't know. Iodine? I'd Chlorine? Say bromine. Chlorine's in there too. It's actually in this group. Chlorine. 
What type of light bulb contains a small amount of inert gas and is known to run at higher temperature than others? It's named after group 17. Mm-hmm. There's a group on a periodic table and a type of light bulb that share a name. And the reason it's named for that group is because the light bulbs do contain bromine or iodine in them. Uh, that is the trace amount of inert gas. I think. <clears throat> is I iodine hope. a gas? I don't think I so. It's salt. Uh, iodine is, I mean, in one of its forms is a liquid. Um, but maybe it's just made a liquid by adding it to something. Because when I think of iodine, I think of what they put on, like, cuts and stuff. Well, my original it, thought... It can be gaseated. It's solid in its, its normal form, but it can be boiled to become a gas. My original thought was neon, but neon is in a group. And when you mention group, I'm trying to think of like what the groups are called. So you said a higher temperature. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the hottest, but it's it's hot to the touch. And these bulbs are also responsible for a series of house fires in Australia. I think they actually introduced legislation to uh, deter the use of these types of bulbs. So it's not fluorescent. I don't think because fluorescents are known for being like warm to the touch. Um, the, the only answer that comes up to mind is incandescent. So I'm going to say incandescent. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a type of incandescent bulb, but it's a little bit more specific than that. Halogen. Halogen is the answer, oh. which, uh, translates to salt forming. Yes, and because of uh, higher temperature, bulbs are manufactured from fused quartz rather than silica glass to reduce breakage because they get so hot. Just a little extra info there. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, here's a question. The Latin prefix dino, as in dinosaur, means what? Hmm, dino. Dinosaur. What does dinosaur mean? Lizard? Lizard like I know now that uh, paleontologists have discovered that uh, dinosaurs evolved into the modern day birds chickens but, but I'm thinking specifically the T-Rex yeah that was an early uh, podcast topic that we had we talked about that mm -hmm. um Jack Horner trying to reverse engineer a T-Rex from a chicken. Little, little Jack Horner? <laughs> Is that his, the same one that sat Maybe in the I corner? got the name wrong. <laughs> or maybe they share a name. Eating his... Curds and whey? No. No, he's eating his... Some kind of pie. Pork. Little Jack Horner sat in the Pork. corner eating his... Something. Hmm. I'll look it up. Anyway. I think it's... I think it means lizard-like. That would just be my guess. I'm not sure. I'm going to go with lizard. Sorry, that's incorrect. Learn me. Little Jack Horner sat in a corner eating his Christmas pie. He put in his palm and pulled out a plum and said, what a good boy am I? Mm. 
<clears throat> the correct answer is terrible. Terrible. Terrible lizard. Oh, terrible lizard. Okay. Yes. Wow. That's Dino. What dinosaur stands for. Huh. Okay. So the sore is the lizard part. Mm-hmm. I see. Uh, Jack Horner is his name. So. Oh, wow. Maybe named after the. Uh, That's going to be a tough nursery life. Nursery <laughs> Hey, buddy, where's your Christmas pie? It's every time you tell people <laughs> our good friend and ex uh, and one time uh, um, guest on here, uh, Andrew Bernard, mm-hmm. has to go through his whole life. He said he was going to get his taxes done. And they were like, Andrew Bernard. <laughs> Big tuna. Uh, you, ever <laughs> see, you ever seen The Office? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yep, it's kind of like a Office Space, the Michael Bolton. Oh yeah, yeah. why yeah. should I change my name? He sucks. He's <laughs> the one that sucks. Um, I have a nature question for you. While adult males are called cobs, and adult females are referred to as pens, a signet—that's C Y G N E T—a signet is the term for a baby version of what kind of bird? which is known to mate for life. I believe we've asked a question similar to this in the past. Oh, I know I've asked it before in my trivia for sure. Oh, I thought I was going to go winless with, with in this uh, trivia so far, but I can say with a great amount of certainty that the correct answer is swan. That's correct. Stop looking at me. Swan. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yes. A cob, a pen, and a signet. Yeah, when you said cob and pen, I was like, I know I know this, but what is it? And then you said signet, and I was like, ah, there it is. Good. That was a, uh, a rare victory for you there as compared to my trivia teams. Not many teams got that right. I think just one out of the group. Those people need to listen to the podcast more often. In Catholicism, what is the color of a priest's or deacon's skullcap? Hmm. I wonder if there are different levels of colors, you know, there are. Okay. So this is a, like a karate belt ranking style system specifically about the priest and deacon. Mm-hmm. They both have the same color. The, the skull cap is called a zucchetto. Hmm. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Not a yamaka. No. Different group. Similar. Well, the three colors that come to mind would be uh, black, red, and white. I don't know if there's more colors and more ranks than than that in in the uh, Catholic hierarchy. I think I will tell you that there mm-hmm. is one more. Oh, okay. Maybe a green, a Kelly green, as we uh, move past St. Patty's Day. I'm so happy I got to ask a. Uh, Somebody requested B-horror movies for the St. Paddy's Day quiz. So, of course, I got to ask about Warwick Davis and Jennifer Aniston starring in what 1993 movie Leprechaun. about a supernatural being. That's right. Another question within a question there for you, folks. There you go. Anyways, I'll stop procrastinating on this. Um, I think it's going to be black. I think you, maybe you start black. Then as you uh, work your way up the hierarchy, maybe you get something a little flashier like red and then Ultimately, the holiest of holies, white. So black is my answer. That's correct. All right. Black for priests and deacons. A purple for archbishops, bishops, territorial abbots, and territorial prelates, prelates. 
Um, Cardinals, of course, wear red and then white for a de popa. Okay. Well, that's our first round. That was quick. Yeah. Holy shit. I like it. That's easy on the edit for me. (laughs) It's easy on the edit. It's easy on the ears. Easy on the ears. Just fly through this shit for me. Yep. Let's take another little break. Mm -hmm. And then we will uh, add some more time by our massive amount of uh, miscorrections that we have here. Oh, I can't wait. back and it's time for some missed corrections i just let you lead on that one a little bit i said rate my question but it's not a rate oh my, my gosh i know i fucked it up wow i know finally the shoes on the other foot i Indeed. forgive you our listeners forgive you thank you thank you all. i forgive you on behalf of them thank you good uh miscorrection here from ryan b ryan writes hi lee and mark most of the country is aware of the March Madness basketball tournament. But over the last few years, I've been playing Mammal Madness with a group of coworkers. This is an annual tournament put on by Arizona State of simulated combat encounters among animals, answering the timeless question, who would win? So why am I sharing this stuff with you all? In one of the quadrants this year, they are pitting groups of animals against each other, a pride of lionesses, a labor of moles, a troop of monkeys versus a wisdom of wombats. I know this is a category of trivia you all love. There might be some new ones in here for you. It's also super fun to play every year. Enjoy. There are some links here we'll post in the show notes if you want to get in. I guess that's more of a no note than a miscorrection. Yeah, yeah. Now we're we going to love get... a terms of entry. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to uh, get into the shit here with a massive note from uh, Chris M. Our Rumpelstiltskin Chris M. As always, another entertaining weekly podcast. I just finished up every episode, so I feel a little accomplished, but also a bit sad as I haven't listened to you guys daily as I did in my quest to complete the podcast. Perhaps a second listen is in store for me as there's a bunch of questions I never put into my proverbial memory filing cabinet that I might have access to at a future point. And Chris, as well, you can uh, enjoy those bonus quizzes on our Patreon since you are a uh, Patreon supporter. Once again, 15% off annual memberships. Just Never been a better deal. Nope. Well, for a podcast anyway. <laughs> uh, here are some notes. In episode 116, Seth asks about the German exclave prior to World War II for his final question and stumps the panel. He provides an answer of Prussia, but that's not correct, as Germany only owned the region of East Prussia, and the western portion was either Polish or part of the free city of Dansk. I've provided this link. So not sure how you would uh, need to rewrite that question, but maybe some more specificity in the prompt dance, but no dance mm-hmm. <laughs> in one seventeen, Seth once again, brings up world war two for his final question. And he asks, what was the first major defeat of Japanese forces by the allies in 1943? The question isn't bad, but I feel as if it's not well worded. The Guadalcanal campaign started in 1942, but ended in 1943. The question seems like it's strictly 1943. Also, Coral Sea in 1942 is viewed by many as a key victory as it was the first time the Imperial Japan was stopped. So Mm. there is some uh, ambiguity there. I think I remember someone sending in something about that 
back mm-hmm. in the day, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was a while or ago. Seth just like miscorrected himself. Yeah, yeah, I think he did come on later, but good to know. Yeah. Uh, also, a few notes from this week's episode, number 193. The Obama daughters are Sasha and Malia. Malia. Not Melania. Not Malia. That's where the confusion yeah. arises. Uh, Jimmy Carter's wife is Rosalind Carter. And this this one's interesting, Mark. To remember the uh, River Valley question, this is the ancient uh, community that invented dentistry, shampoo, mm-hmm. etc. Just use the acronym MICE to represent Mesopotamia. Indus, China, and Egypt. I love mm. that. That is an easy mnemonic device. Yeah. Mice, Mesopotamia, Indus, China, and Egypt. It's a simple trick I taught my ninth graders and helped them. And if Mark can remember the names of fictional members of gorillas, this shouldn't be too hard. Do <laughs> <laughs> remember some of them? Yeah. Well, let's see here. We've got <laughs> 2D, mm-hmm. Noodle, mm-hmm. Murdoch, mm-hmm. and Russ. Right? The drummer is Russ. Russell. Is it Russ? I think so. Yeah, maybe it is. I think that was the one that I got last time. I should stick around with Russ and be a mentor. Isn't that one of the lines? Maybe. Isn't he the one singing that, though? How's he sticking around with himself? I'm pretty sure it's Russ. Anyway. Multiple personalities. If you have yet to do so, please take a moment to review our show on Apple Podchaser and Good Pods. And if you'd like to write us with a missed correction, a rate my question, or even just a little no note, you can write to us at nononsensetrivia at gmail.com or call us at 1-929-356-6966 or find us on social media. It's time, huh? Yeah. Why don't you lay a question on me, Quiz Daddy? I'd love to. Nothing would bring me greater joy. What fish has an organ called an esca? What fish has an organ called an esca? E-S-C-A. Hmm. An esca. So this is a a fish that has a uh, some kind of unique property. A unique organ, if you will. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess that it's uh this is just a wild guess. But first I was thinking maybe it's like a type of fish that's not like other types of fish in like a, a group way. So I was going to say, oh, maybe it's a shark because sharks are, I think, technically considered fish. But, you know, they don't you don't think like, oh, that's a fish. When you look at a shark, you're like, that's it's a, a freaking shark. shark. <laughs> it's a freaking shark. But if I think about unique properties of fish, and I'm sure there are many that do one that sticks out is the angler fish which is the deep sea fish that has the little light bob coming off the top to, uh, to attract prey. I think it's the angler fish. That's correct. All right. It's Jesus. <laughs> Lee. <laughs> and that's what that is. <laughs> yep. It's called an esca. It is. Huh? Yeah. A lot of people put a puff, puffer fish hmm. thinking that the esca was the thing that I guess puffs up, puffs it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that. I was also thinking maybe urchin, you know, Ooh. sea urchin because they're kind of weird. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what organ they would be. They're weird. Yeah, they're, they're just like, I know that they're like a delicacy, you know, so I was thinking maybe that's like the discovery of it. Like, oh, you need to take that out because it's toxic or something like that. Um, okay, cool. 
I have a law question for you. Uh-oh. Law. L.A. law. What common law requires a person under arrest to be brought under a judge or court and whose translation from Latin into English is roughly, let you have the body? That's what the translation is. What common law requires a person under arrest to be brought under a judge or court and whose translation from Latin into English is roughly, let you have the body. So I'm looking for a Latin phrase here. Mm-hmm. Let you have the body. Latin phrase that it does what now? It requires a person under arrest to be brought under a judge or court. Okay. So it's basically used to prevent somebody from being held for too long without a trial. Stuff like this always stumps me because I don't know if it's something I ever heard before. I'm trying to think of related things that could be related that are Latin phrases that I know. Quid pro quo means this for that. Oh, this man's quietly eating some breakfast. I'm just going to let you suss while I chew. All right. Thanks for bringing this for me, by the way. You're welcome. Glad to help. Um, I will, I will just say, I wish I knew Latin more. E pluribus unum. Um, I guess I'll say... uh, I don't know. Uh, I'll say... I'll say... I'll say... I'll say quid pro quo. I know it's not... No. It is from the phrase... Habeas corpus ad subjaciendum. Habeas, habeas corpus, corpus. The answer I'm looking for. You have the body. This is from expertlaw.com. Corpus. The term habeas corpus is a Latin term derived from a longer phrase used in medieval times. Habeas corpus ad subjaciendum. You may have the person to be subjected to or an examination. A petition for habeas corpus asks that a court order the custodian of a p- prisoner to bring the prisoner to court to determine if the prisoner's detention is lawful. Jesus. Here's your next question. <laughs> what two mononymed coaches on the voice first appeared in season four and returned for season six? Hmm. I don't watch the voice, but I do like this question. I like the mononym hint. Because if you know mononymic singers, then you at least have a pool to draw from mm-hmm. for a guess. I had a lot of people that clearly did not know what mononym meant. Yeah, that's what I run into, <clears throat> too. I feel like, I don't know Adam if that's just Levine, like a trivia like, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm telling you, he it's strange. Levine. <laughs> there is no doubt in my mind I could make what I would deem a relatively easy trivia and still have a number of people get stuff wrong. As proven by how many days are in a fortnight, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. You will definitely have teams that will not get perfect rounds. 
I think I was thinking about it the other day and I was thinking my tri- what I want my trivia to be is difficult for people who are good at trivia, which means people that are bad at trivia are pro- are probably going to get very angry mm-hmm. because I try to write trivia that is beyond. You want to make a trivia for trivia fans. Yes. Basically. Yeah. You're not there to do the 4 p.m. while you're eating your wings. Right. You know, yeah. having some beers. What are the three primary you want colors? Late night. I want these people are coming out for it. People that would ace that trivia. My trivia is for them. Right. Not trivia for people that just happen to be there. Right. I respect that. Thank you. Mononymic singer. So singers that just perform under one name like Madonna or Sting. I feel like both of them are too old. The aforementioned Bono or too big. Yeah. Bono to be on the voice. Well, the voice is a big show. You mentioned it's Adam gigantic. Levine. Gwen Stefani, I think, was on there. Uh, Alicia Keys. That girl's on fire. <laughs> Good one. Thank you. <laughs> it didn't even give me the sound. Well, I didn't want to fart noise it, zerbert it, because uh, it wasn't bad. Fair yeah. It's a reference to her song. A pointed reference. Hmm. Sting and Madonna. What other mononymic singers are there? Hmm. I can't think of any more. Just saw a post that says, Kid Rock makes music du- music for dudes who take photos with the Hooters waitress. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes people just say shit that's so on point. Yeah. Ugh. God. He also makes do- music for dudes who wear fe- <laughs> fedoras with feathers in them. Yes. Oh, boy. I can't believe, speaking of which, I can't believe that we mentioned Kid Rock in the in Skylar's uh, Metallica covers question, and you specifically mentioned the song that he samples Leonard Skinner, <clears throat> and we did not think of Leonard Skinner. Yeah. We were like, we, we danced right over that one. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think right I'm, I, I don't think this is right, but I'm having trouble coming up with some some other mononymic sing, singer names. Uh, so I'm going to go with somebody a little bit younger, Fergie. She could be on The Voice. I can see that happening. And Madonna. Sorry, that's wrong and wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who we got? The correct answers are Ursher oh. and Shakira. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Good voices there. Some good voices. Mm-hmm. All right. Shakira, Shakira. Famous horses. Mm. What horse is said to have been the sole survivor of the Seventh Cavalry at the Battle of Little Bighorn and was named for the Southwestern Native American tribe it encountered during an 1868 battle in Kansas? Why are you giving me this shit? Why are you giving me these questions? What? I gave you a lost question. <laughs> Why are you giving me this shit? Maybe, look, the quiz isn't over. You've gotten some. There's other questions. <sighs> Plus, you have the advantage of going down your list. You can, you can moderate your difficulty. If you want to throw a hard one back at me, that's fine. I get it. I thought we were friends. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Think again. No. <laughs> <laughs> what horse is said to have been the sole survivor of the Seventh Cavalry at the Battle of Little Bighorn and was named for the Southwestern Native American tribe and encountered during an 1868 battle in Kansas? Everybody knows that Custer died at the Battle of Little Bighorn. What my books presupposes is maybe he didn't. <laughs> Great line from Royal Tenenbaums. Very good. Very good. A young Owen, Owen Wilson. Yeah. One of my favorite roles of his. Yeah. He is such a glorious piece of shit in that movie. <laughs> yes, indeed. My favorite line, there my favorite scene in there is where he and Luke Wilson are together and he's like <laughs> he's talking about being on mescaline. Mm-hmm. That whole thing with that weird painting behind him. Yep. And the guys on the motorcycles. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh. ATV? Motorcycles or ATV? Is it ATV? Maybe ATVs. Yeah. That's a cool painting. I remember Dirt that sticking bikes, out. Something like it. Mm-hmm. Um, a horse named after a Native American tribe. A southwestern Native American tribe. I'll say Apache. What horse is said to have been the sole survivor of the Seventh Cavalry at the Battle of Little Bighorn, and shares a name with a song by the rock band Cake? Comanche. There you go. Okay. <laughs> now, now we're talking. Sometimes you just need to adjust the hit for the audience right there. Just, yep. Yeah. Move. <laughs> move those crosshairs over just a little bit. Yes. That the goalpost. The Comanche. Now, many animals actually did survive the battle, so it's not fair to say that uh, the horse was the sole survivor. That's why I said what horse is said to have been the sole survivor. Mm. However. Comanche was taxidermied and is now housed at the University of Kansas, making him, at least in a certain sense, the sole survivor. <laughs> Fair enough. Is Habeas corpus. Do we have Let one? you have the body. We've got one more for each of us. We've got one more for each. Okay. Let me see what I've got here. Habeas Kansas. <laughs> Indeed. Um, what name was given to the recently discovered ship? which was sunk during Ernest Shackleton's Imperial Trans-Antarctic Expedition. What is the name of that ship? One more time. What is the name of the ship that was recently discovered, which was sunk during Ernest Shackleton's Imperial Trans-Antarctic Expedition? Now, I know this was a big holy shit moment amongst our friends group because uh, Tim... uh, made a big deal about it online. I guess it is a big deal, you know, but I posted um, a picture on his Facebook actually. Oh, that's what it was. Um, okay. Cause it's such a badass picture. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had remembered what the name of it was. It starts with an E. I remember that it's like, uh, uh, endangered on guard. I don't remember. It's not endangered. I think it ends with a D, though. Ermagerd. <laughs> it's the boat name. Ermagerd. <laughs> um, I don't know. Entanglement is my answer. You did me a solid, so I'll do you a solid. Okay. <laughs> what name? A synonym of fortitude was given to the recently discovered ship, which was sunk during Ernest Shackleton's Imperial Trans-Antarctic Expedition. 
is it endurance? It is. Endurance. Oh my gosh! Wow. There you go. There see you, go. you see how you can twist these questions, folks, and yep. just like tweak a little knob, a few knobs, and go from no clue to every clue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So if you uh, if you look out at your crowd and you notice these don't seem like they're uh, historians, but maybe fans of like '90s alternative rock, go with the Kate clue. There you go. Instead of the history clue. Um, not saying you should do that, but you can, you can, you can. My last question for this round for you is about American holiday dishes. Okay. This was a question that, uh, Kyle and I wrote together. It went through like three or Ooh. four versions, like okay. going back and forth. She researched it, had a couple different rewrites. Interested to see what you think of it, of it. Popular from the 1920s to the 1960s. And again, in 2014, thanks to a segment on Ellen. And served at Christmas, Halloween, and birthdays. What celebratory holiday dish consists of a bed of lettuce topped with pineapple rings, supporting a standing banana, dripping with mayonnaise and cottage cheese? I'm sorry, dripping with mayonnaise or cottage cheese and topped with a maraschino cherry. What the fuck? (laughs) Let me read this to you again. Popular from the 1920s to the 1960s. And again in 2014, thanks to a segment on Ellen, served at Christmas, Halloween, and birthdays, what celebratory holiday dish consists of a bed of lettuce topped with pineapple rings, supporting a standing banana, dripping with mayonnaise, or cottage cheese, and topped with a maraschino cherry? Like, cum? Well, I mean, I'll show you a picture in a second. I guess you could describe it that way. That sounds like a dick with cum. Yeah, that looks. This like... one's got some whipped cream. It looks like I don't know if that's mayonnaise. <clears throat> this is from the uh, the Ellen segment here. That looks disgusting. This is real. <laughs> they have to tell you it's real. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, Served at uh, Christmas time, Halloween, and birthdays. Uh, that's disgusting. <laughs> you can't get over it. I'm so mad. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'll say a dick with cum. No, Mark. Oh, what a shock. It's called a candle salad. That's disgusting. It's supposed to re- resemble a holiday candle. You see? No. No? You don't see that? The, the I mean, I get it. Cherry is the light. That's the wax dripping down the candle. Uh, I think this was popular in part due to the fact that uh, fruit was made more red- readily available from the 20s to the 60s. So you could get canned pineapple rings. Bananas were easily available. Ellen had this to say, this is made with banana and pineapple and mistakes. And it looks just like, that's right, kids, a candle. (laughs) I tried it once. It was not my thing. I didn't like it. Yeah. She's a lesbian. Get it? It's a dick joke from Ellen. Okay. (laughs) Got it. All right. I got to take a poop. Let's take a break. Yeah. And you can take a poop. And then then we'll we'll be back. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. All right, we're back, and it's time for rate my question. Ba da ba da ba da ba da ba da ba da ba. Rate my question. 
Yes. Correct. Nailed it. Yes. Nailed it. First up, as mentioned before, Lisa is providing our first rate my question from Whiskey Tango. A mort safe was used to deter what activity most commonly in early 19th century Edinburgh? A mort safe was used to deter what activity most commonly in early 19th century Edinburgh? A mort safe. M-O-R-T-S-A-F-E. My first thought, mm-hmm. right out the gate, right off the rip, grave digging, grave robbing. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. Mort, mm-hmm. mortality, mm-hmm. death. death, safe, destruction, safe, <clears throat> something you lock up, mm-hmm. right? So like some kind of uh, locking coffin. Yeah. Something along those lines. Or maybe a device that attaches to a coffin. But yeah, I think uh, grave robbery is, is where I was going with that. Grave diggers. Is there any other... For anybody who remembers the Grave Diggers, the 90s super group. Oh. With the hit song 1-800-SUICIDE that showed up on that? the Demon Knight soundtrack. Jesus. The only one I remember is the RZA. Mm. Um, who else is in... I mean, some other big names. New York in, group. In hip-hop. Grave Diggers, American hip hop group. Yes. Prince Paul, uh, Too Poetic, and the RZA. Okay. Was there also a monster truck named Grave Digger? Or yes. am I? Okay. But this is Grave Diggers. Oh, right. A Z on the end. Grave Diggers. That's, mm-hmm. how they, that's how they say it at the end of the song. Can we think of anything I can else? Recite that song almost <laughs> word for word. It's so good. I'm going to listen to it on the way home now. What soundtrack did you say it was on? Uh, it was on the Demon Knight soundtrack. Demon Knight. Yes. Is that the, um, uh, is that the movie it? that has like an all hip hop soundtrack? Uh, no. No? No. You're thinking of Judgment Knight, maybe? That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, this, is, um, this is an extension of the, um, what's his name? The Crypt Keeper. Um, Tales from the Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. The oh. Tales from the Crypt movie. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Well, can we think of any other uh, use that a mort safe might have? Activity? I mean, I mean 19th century it seems so on Scotland, the nose. <laughs> right? But I mean, it, it's the first thing that came to both of our minds. Mm-hmm. I think we got to go with it. All right, let's go with it. We're going to say grave robbing, grave digging. A mort safe was a construction designed to protect graves from disturbance mm. used in the United Kingdom. So we are right on that one. Yes. Here's a picture of one. Oh, holy lock shit. it up. Okay. It's above ground. Lock it up. B also seems like it would tell you very easily from a distance where graves are. Yeah. Does it go all the way underground? I well, mean, why wouldn't you just dig wondering. from the side? I, I, does it go around the actual, um, I want, I want to see one of these things in action. Up. Yeah. Lee wants to see this in action. The mort safe was invented around 1816. These were iron or iron and stone devices of great weight in many different designs. Often they were complex, heavy iron contraptions of rods and plates padlocked together. Examples have been found close to all Scottish medical schools. A plate was placed over the coffin and rods with heads were pushed through holes in it. These rods were kept in place by locking a second plate over the first to form extremely heavy protection, it would be removed by two people with keys. 
Okay, so this is a little bit more complicated yeah. than we assumed. You can't just dig in through the side. It actually goes through the coffin? It seems like it's like sandwiching it, you know, so mm. that you can't open it up. They were placed over the coffins for about six weeks, then removed for further use when the body inside was sufficiently decayed. There is a model of a mort safe of this type in the Marischal Museum, Aberdeen. Sometimes a church bought them and hired them out. Societies were also formed to purchase them and control their use with annual membership fees and charges made to non-members. So it seems here, according to Wikipedia, that it was uh, used temporarily for about six weeks. I mean, is the body what you would be robbing? Or I, I would assume it would be like any kind of like valuables that were buried with the body. Isn't that the purpose of grave robbery? I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Because, I mean, it depends on what you're trying to get, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mostly that you're probably right. That it would be like stuff inside there. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like f- removed for further use when the body inside was sufficiently decayed. Hmm. And yeah. it seems like these were like, uh, it was a rental type thing. It's like when you go get the uh, carpet cleaner from the grocery store, you know, that big vacuum sham- rug shampooer. My favorite so- so pilot song, rental type thing. Well, let's read this question. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to give this an IBS, capital I, lowercase b, and capital S. Not not a popular subject, uh, grave digging. I would I would put this in the category of uh, vocabulary, you know, or linguistics or something like that. And I've had that requested a few times, but usually I feel when I ask these types of questions, they don't go over very favor- favorably. Now I will say this question seems a little bit on the easy side, so I wouldn't hesitate to ask this because it's sussable. Um, you know, based on the breakdown of the words as we did Mort safe, you and I are a couple of ding dongs and we got it. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to give this capital I a lowercase B. Um, not that Mort safe itself is a hint, but it does say most commonly in er- used in early 19th century Edinburgh. So, uh, I'll give that a lowercase B, a very tiny little B. I don't feel like there's much of a hint here and a capital S because it is short and sweet. I'd say the word in and of itself is kind of a built-in hint, no? We've gone up we've we've gone around this a little bit. Like does a does the term it's a, it, it is a little bit of a hint. I I agree with you. But, but I I hear you. I it's, I, I, it's I think like, we agree. Yeah, there's not a overt hint here. Yeah. It's um, hinty. The question itself is inherently hinty. Yeah. I would give it an A. I'd give it a yeah. solid A. It's a good question. It's mm-hmm. interesting. It's especially a good, um, a good uh, setup to give some information about it. You know, it's one of those questions where the information that you can give when you're giving out the answers is worth asking the question. Yep. Um, yeah, I'd give it an A. Fine. And question. pretty interesting. I would put this like in the middle of my round. Like mm-hmm. this is a keep the ball rolling type question. It's this not is too a three long. Pointer second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, uh, IBS and an A from your quiz masters. You Thank you, Lisa. Irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> Congratulations. You have small IBS. <laughs> um, and then we have one here from Ian. Ian has a world leaders question. Oh, my us. dude. Known as the grandmother of Europe, what monarch had grandchildren on the English, German, and Russian thrones at the same time? Known as the grandmother of Europe, what monarch had grandchildren on the English, German, and Russian thrones 
at the same time. Jesus. Now, when I hear this question, mm-hmm. I think that this has got to be somebody of immense power and notoriety. Somebody who might have a lake in Africa named after them. Queen Victoria had a long reign, probably had a long lineage as well. Could be somebody before that, I suppose. I don't think it's anybody since then. I, don't, I feel like the further it is to our, our modern day, um, you know, if it was like Elizabeth II or something like that, we would probably know about that. Maybe it is Elizabeth II. I mean, she's old. Like, there's all history, you know, before us that we're probably not even aware of. But my gut says Victoria. If any, I'd say it's Elizabeth I. No? Maybe. I don't know anything about her. Victoria's as early <laughs> as I have any kind of recollection well, for the European current monarchs. One is Elizabeth II, right? Right. She's in her 90s? Mm hmm. <clears throat> On the throne of Germany? Mm hmm. I'd say she's too young. Yeah. I'd say it's Elizabeth I or Victoria. Let's go with Victoria. I feel like that's a good answer. Okay. There is an additional hint here as well. I'm going to read this just in, just before we get to it. Named after a lake in Africa. (laughs) Yeah, she was named after the (laughs) lake. Additional hint of needed. Kaiser Wilhelm and Tsar Nicholas quietly corresponded, trying to stop World War II from happening. I'm sorry, World War I from happening, saying at one point... If our grandmother were alive, she would have never allowed it. So oh, that's interesting. World War One, I, I believe Victoria was active in the mid 1800s, mid 19th century. That sounds right. That would line up. Let's go with it. Okay. Kaiser Wilhelm. Our grandmother would not have allowed it. Damn. Boys, settle down over there. Now, now. Boys, what did I tell you about world wars? We are just on a roll here. It is Damn. Queen Victoria, known as known as uh, wait, where? Hmm? Hold on, let me see if I can find something about children. She was married to Prince Albert. Where'd he go? Of Saxe Coburg and Gotha, of course. Daughter of Prince Edward and Princess Victoria. So named after her mother. Mm. Victoria's links with Europe's royal family earned her the nickname the Grandmother of Europe. Of the 42 grandchildren of Victoria and Albert, 34 survived to adulthood. Their living descendants include Elizabeth II, Harold V of Norway, Carl XVI, Gustav of Sweden, and Margaret II, or Margaret II of Denmark, and Felipe VI of Spain. Jesus. All right. Mm. This question, I will say, uh, history is a bit more popular than, uh, than vocabulary is, so I'm going to give this a P. It's not the most popular, though. I'm going to give this a lowercase P-I-B and a capital S. I like the way that it's written. Um... So I'll give this a Pibs with a lowercase P-I-B. So Pibs. Yep. I could give it a, uh, maybe a larger, I don't know if this hint really would, I I don't know if I would involve this hint. This is cool. Additional information. Um, I guess the hint in this would be that, uh, 
it was the correspondence happened around World War One, which could give you some placement, you know. Yeah. In time. Yeah, I think something like that might be a little good. I will also give this an A. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel that this is a good question. It's not knocking my socks off or anything, but it's a good question. Yeah. So I guess if I were to rewrite this at all, I might take out the um, had grandchildren on the English, German and Russian thrones at the same time. I might just replace that with some fact about Kaiser Wilhelm and Tsar Nicholas. Um, You know, you could take that half of the question off and still get the idea that her grandchildren were, um, you know, leaders of these other countries by including that fact. I think if you left that in and included the fact, though, it'd get pretty long. So... Herein lies the rub. Yep. Something along the lines of uh, maybe just reading that fact and saying, you know, which grandmother of Europe was this or something like that. Yeah. All right. Those are Rate My Questions. Thank you, Ian. And thank you, Lisa, for Mm. some great Rate My Questions. Two of my faves. If you'd like to write us with a Rate My Question or missed correction, please do so at nononsensetriviagmail.com or call us at 1-929-356-6966. Mark, things turned around when I offered you the cake hint Mm -hmm. for the Comanche question. Here's another question about 90s alternative. This was actually... A uh, biggest learner request, you know, our biggest learners of each quiz get to select in secret the final wager category for the next week's quiz, mm-hmm. and they picked 90s alternative, and I love th- I love music trivia, and for it to be a final category, 90s music, I was just very pleased, and I had a lot of fun writing this question. Okay. Here it is. Which song that peaked on the Billboard charts in 1995 was initially inspired by the 1953 movie Roman Holiday before being rewritten and undergoing a name change. Which song that peaked on the Billboard charts in 1995 was initially inspired by the 1953 movie Roman Holiday before being rewritten and undergoing a name change? Can I have one more time? Which song that peaked on the Billboard charts in 1995 was initially inspired by the 1953 movie Roman Holiday before being rewritten and undergoing a name change? So was it named after Roman Holiday or after the name change? Well, the the song itself was inspired by the movie. Okay, the song was inspired by the movie. Mm -hmm. And I guess they felt that it wasn't quite perfect yet. So they changed the name and uh, rewrote the song. Now you've introduced doubt, and I'm no longer uh, confident in this question. <laughs> well, the, it's it's worded in a way that I'm trying to fully, because right now my top guess is Breakfast at Tiffany's. But I can't tell if Roman Holiday was the original name of the song or the original name of the movie. It was the original name of the song. Right. I'm going to say Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's correct. Okay. Yes, by Deep Blue Something, <laughs> Breakfast yeah, at Tiffany's, Roman Holiday, another Audrey Hepburn movie. 
So that's the connection. Is, oh. You know, it's 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 a it's there's not a built-in hint, but it's in there. You know, okay. it's a, a subtextual hint. If you know that Audrey Hepburn was in Roman Holiday, then I think it's an easy leap to go. Oh, it's got to be Breakfast at Tiffany's, another '90s song. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, this is uh, got some extra info here. This is a quote from uh, founding member Todd F- Pipes speaking about the situation to Billboard magazine in 1995. I worked at the library when I was in college. I had 15 minutes before I had to get to work one day, and there was an Audrey Hepburn movie on TV, Roman Holiday. And I'd been thinking about the name Breakfast at Tiffany's for quite a while. Just sounded really romantic. So when I saw the movie, I sat down, playing these really simple chords, thinking, Breakfast at Tiffany's. And then uh, just a follow-up quote. You'd be amazed at the amount of people who come to the show that just love the song. That's my favorite song. Who's Tiffany? And I'm going, can't you read the lyrics? I think I remember the film. (laughs) It's about a movie. What movie? Can you rent it? I'm talking about hundreds of people. Radio DJs, programmers, people at shows. You tell them it's about a movie and they're just amazed. What amazes me was I thought the whole hook of the song was... Hey, I remember that movie. I thought that's why people liked it so much because they liked the movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I saw a video the other day, <clears throat> the singer of um the Verve Pipe mm-hmm. doing the freshman at karaoke. Oh, really? His and own song? No one noticed who he is. Oh no. <laughs> it's crazy. And uh he he posted it on his own Twitter, and people are just sitting there just like, whatever. And it sounds like the singer of the fucking Verve Pipe. It's he like he doesn't sound great, but he doesn't sound terrible. Yeah, he's taking a couple liberties here. He's having a little bit of fun. Um, but people started like requesting that he do other songs. He's like, yo, next time I, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna do this song. It's pretty funny. Yeah, interesting. And uh, also reminds me of um, there's a video of Erica Badu going through like a high school. Like they're playing Erica Badu's music through the cafeteria. She's like dancing, like, oh yeah, Erica's here. It's gotta be a weird. And like feeling. nobody is like paying attention to her. <laughs> and it's like if your parents were here, they would be all over the shit. Indeed. All right. I'm trying to decide if I should give you the the hard or the very difficult version of this question. You could stage it. I can't stage it. No? Oh, no, this is out, not one out? that I can stage. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can go with the the easier version or the harder version. I'll give, give me you the you very a, difficult one. Should I? Yeah, just go for it. Let's let's hear the, and then you can tell me what the, no, I'm going to give you the easier one. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Cause it would take some rewriting. I'm going to give you the, the way I, now I have it. no excuse if I don't get it before <laughs> I was like, if you ask me the hardest version, I don't get it. Maybe it's not as easy as I think. Dinah. Terrible. Is the pet cat of what literary cat character first written about in 1865. Dinah? Last name Stee. Get it? Dinah Stee. 1865. Mm-hmm. I, I must think that this might be the, uh, the detective, the great detective Sherlock Holmes. That's my guess. That's incorrect. <laughs> you know, I thought it was going crazy. But someone's in the kitchen with Dinah. That's a song. Dinah, yeah. won't you blow your horn? <laughs> okay. I, 
I, that's not it. But yeah. I was thinking, like, in my mind, I was like, is this from Buffalo Gals or like. <laughs> the correct answer is Alice from Alice in Wonderland, her oh, pet cat Dinah. Oh, okay. So, so I was going to ask you mm-hmm. what was Alice's pet cat's name, which Ooh, if I asked that, no way. That would have been exactly much yeah. more difficult, but I could not. Right. I couldn't go back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once I went down that alley, um, I would have been, I would have been toast a couple, only like two or three teams got that. Maybe one or two teams got that. I wonder if Dinah is in the, the movie. I think in the beginning. Okay. That would be a hint. Even when you look at like the Wikipedia article about like the summation of the, the story, it mm-hmm. starts with her talking about her and her pick at Dinah. So mm, I see not a huge, huge role necessarily, but you could add a, uh, created by Lewis Carroll as a hint. If you wanted well, to. that would have been well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been I'm super just, softball. Yeah, I'm just speaking to our audience here. If you want to, you know, recycle this question through the Looking Glass, which mm-hmm. a lot of people don't necessarily know that that is uh, Alice in Wonderland re- related. Again, that is something I think if your average Joe who doesn't do trivia on a regular basis, that's a good question. With it through the Looking Glass mm-hmm. would be a good question for them. Yeah, yeah. they'd feel really brainiacy if they got that i feel like you or like you know your elise and max or your your whiskey tango adam and and uh lisa uh if you ask them this if you said through the looking glass it would be like a three-pointer mm-hmm. what a three-pointer is for them a five-pointer is for some indeed indeed one team's three-point is another <laughs> team's five-point <laughs> indeed as the old saying goes wow lee wow another one <laughs> Wow. Another one closer. A nice, succinct episode here. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed it, folks. Uh, That concludes this episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast. Thanks for listening. Please join us every Monday morning for a new episode by subscribing to No Nonsense Trivia Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. You can support the no-no in several ways. The easiest by sharing this episode on your social media accounts with your friends. You could also leave us a written review on your favorite podcast platform. And you could support the podcast on Patreon by visiting our website, thenono.com, clicking the support link at the top. That will take you to our Patreon page, which features a 15% off annual discount. Please uh, take a moment to sign up, throw a couple bones our way, keep the lights on here. We'd much appreciate it. And we, I think we should say that since we say the easiest is to share with some friends, we should also rate the difficulty. The most difficult is signing up for Patreon. <laughs> yes, but it will come at it. a financial cost to you. The juice is worth the squeeze, baby. Big thanks to our quiz daddies, Brandon Long, Adam Volk at Esme and Red Crest Fried Chicken. Did I tell you I'm going to Philadelphia? You did. You're going to be going to see. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. I cannot freaking wait. I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to eat that chicken. Give him a high five for me. Oh, I'll give him a couple. Uh, Tim with Pat's Garden Service and Tommy from the Electric Mud, as well as Gil. It's, it's Gil. Gil. Our team captains, Matt, Mo, Rick G, Skyler, Kristen, Fletcher, Jenny, Lydia, OG, Aaron, and David Holbrook, David Holbrook, David Holbrook. Our proverbial light keepers, Trent, Grant, Rob, Captain Nick Williams, Kate, Rachel, Moo, Tim Gomez, a.k.a. Mappy1984, Lucas, Carly, Sarah, Cooper, Hank, Luke, Manu, Matthew, Spencer, Lisa, Ryan, Adam, John Lewis, Nabil, Ricky F., Justin P., Justin put a robot on the fry line. Justin M. Justin Mortsafe. And thanks to our Rumble Snailskins, Binsky, Nathan, Issa, Sai, Kara, Megan, Christopher, Brandon, Ed, Dylan, Sarah, Fox and Five, Laurel, Aaron, H-Bomb, Lauren, MJ, Steven, Kenya, the people that we do stuff, Allison, Paige, Kevin, Sarah, Douglas, Alex, Mike C. Mikeus Corpus. Mike J. Mike 
Jennifer's Jennifer Grey's Anatomy is a pretty good tri- trivia team name. It is, and Mike K. Mike Kansas. Of course. If you'd like to write us with a rate my question or missed correction, you can do so at no nonsense trivia gmail.com or call us at 1-929-356-6966. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at No Nonsense Trivia and on Twitter at No Non Trivia. We have a Facebook group you can join as well. Just go on Facebook and search for the No Nonsense Trivia podcast to join us there. And finally, don't forget to leave us a rating on your favorite podcast service. Five, Five stars, stars only, only please. please. Until next time, No Nonsense listeners. Have a great week.